the TCU defense has a unique challenge this week. Not only do they, do they have to prepare, excuse me, for Kansas State and a offense has been really efficient and explosive over the past two years, but who's playing quarterback for the Wildcats? Is it Will Howard, who they are familiar with, or is it uh, true freshman Avery Johnson, really talented, who just had a fantastic game using his legs and his arm occasionally against Texas Tech? We'll talk about that more next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. Friends, I am so close to a thousand subscribers. Uh, 988 last I checked. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. Also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts on regularity. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at SimcockSteven. The show is at LockedOnTCU. Thanks for uh, sticking around and joining us on a Tuesday. Sunny Dykes will speak to the media later today. Kansas State this week. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of history like in the past decade between these two schools. But I, I feel like the juice and if, if there is a rivalry – it really got ignited and ramped up last season. TCU beats K-State um, in Eamon Carter Stadium on a Saturday night in October. Uh, and there were a couple injuries to K-State quarterbacks that day. Uh, Adrian Martinez goes down. Will Howard comes in. He ends up actually going out as well. I forgot the name of their third-string QB who had to come in and play a few snaps. Um, but TCU ends up winning that football game. They come back after being down by a pretty large margin in the first half. They come back, they win, they stay undefeated. The two teams meet up in the Big 12 championship game, and we all know what happened there. K-State wins that ball game in overtime uh, over the Frogs and, and really controlled that football game for the majority of it. TCU made a furious comeback. Max Duggan made some fantastic plays, but TCU ultimately loses. Frogs go on to win the playoff. K-State uh, falls to Alabama, and I think that was a sugar bowl that they played uh, the Crimson Tide in. And now both these teams had high expectations for this season, and both have kind of had an up-and-down year. TCU has really had an up-and-down season. They did. They are coming off a huge win against BYU, now 4-3. and three. Um, And K-State's had a couple losses. They, they lost to Mizzou on the road and then lost to Oklahoma State on the road, which was really surprising. Haven't lost a home game this year, and TCU gets an opportunity to try to upend that streak when they go to Manhattan take on the Wildcats this weekend. And so the, the big X factor in this ball game is Kansas State is also kind of dealing with a unique quarterback situation at the moment. Josh Hoover made his debut for TCU on Saturday, and Avery Johnson really made his debut for Kansas State on Saturday as well. Um, he switched between, you know, the, the, he shared snaps with Will Howard in the first half, and then he, it was really his ball game in the second half. And Chris Kleiman said after the game, that the reason they ended up going with Johnson was simply because uh, Texas Tech was allowing them numbers in the quarterback run game. They felt like they could run the ball with their QB. It kind of changed the math for what Tech was accounting for in the run game. And he was hugely successful on the ground. Um, His stat line, 13 carries, 90 yards, five touchdowns. That's right, five touchdowns running the football. And when he did have to throw, he was effective. And he was eight of nine for 77 yards only about eight yards in attempt, but um, only one in completion was getting the ball out quickly, was making good throws. K-State's O-line, it, they've all returned, um, and so this is a team that can get downhill and run the football on you. Trayshawn Ward, their transfer running back, had 15 carries for 118 yards. Overall, 
Uh, 47 carries for 272 yards on the day against Texas Tech, almost six yards a carry, and they really pulled away from the Red Raiders in the second half. Defense forced some turnovers. Tech had uh, their own freshman quarterback, Jake Strong, in there, and he was kind of having some trouble getting acclimated to the game, turned the ball up a few times. Tech was still aggressive on going for it in fourth downs. Kansas State made some big stands, and the offense was able to get some big plays going and finish some drives. Um, you know, the thing that jumps off the page about Johnson when you, you watch him is he's just really fast. And uh, they can do a lot of cool things with, you know, quarterback power, um, with getting him on the edge. And, again, it just kind of changes the numbers in the run game. And for a team that blocks things so effectively as it is, that added dimension of, you know, their quarterback can pull the ball and go. And Howard can do this too, but not at, with the uh, – not at the level that that, John, that Avery Johnson can with how dynamic he is um, and how explosive he is making plays and using his feet so well. Um, and so as a prospect, I mean, he was a four-star recruit according to 247 Sports, like top 100 national player. He was the, the crown jewel of this 2023 class for Kansas State. They were super excited to get him. Um, he's a Kansas kid, so he stayed close to home. And this, this is a guy that they were like – kind of foaming at the mouth to get in the ball game. And because Will Howard struggles lately, he got an opportunity and he was really effective. And so what is TCU going to have to do? Well, I mean, obviously you stay disciplined and you have to make tackles in the open field if he ends up playing. That's the other question. We don't know. You know, Joe Gillespie doesn't really know who's going to play QB. Are they going to share snaps? And depending on who's in the game, um, there's different dimensions and different things that both of them can bring to the table, which is going to make this really tough to prepare this week. Uh, but Avery Johnson's a good player. He was effective throwing the football, but I feel like the key for the Frogs is you, you're going to have to load up in the run game, load up in the box, um, maybe command an extra person or two to, to come down and have responsibilities, uh, you know, tackling the running back, tackling the quarterback, and force him to throw the football. And maybe he beats you through the air. I mean, it's entirely possible that he makes some big-time throws this week, but I think you have to force them to prove that um, and and just show that he can get it done on a consistent basis before you stop selling out in the run game because that's the way that K-State wants to beat you, and that's the quickest way that you can lose a football game and get yourself into trouble is if they're just running up and down the field on you like they did against Texas Tech. Uh, I'll be interested to see how TCU kind of manages – um, their aggressiveness in this ball game. I said this after the game on Saturday. I was like, listen, it's pretty obvious that TCU, like the Kendall Bryles and Sonny Dykes, they do not trust this offensive line, particularly the interior offensive line right now, to get pushed in short yard, in short yard situations. And I understand, too, that when you're constantly spreading people out and you're in four and five wide receiver sets a lot, that – you also just don't have the numbers all the time. Like if the defense loads up the, you know, the box in any way to stop the run game, then there's more people than you can block. And it makes it really tough to get even a couple yards on a play. Uh, the thing that kills me about it is, and this is not just, a, a, this is not just a problem that's specific to TCU. This is something that you'll see all across college football. And um, really I see at the high school level too, but because all these teams that, spend the majority of their time in shotgun and spread you out, they're not comfortable going under center, even in small doses. And so 
they, they just don't do it. Last season with, with Garrett Riley, Max Duggan, you saw TCU go under center occasionally. I saw Chandler Morris go under center a handful of times in the beginning of the season. Josh Hoover didn't do it at all um, on Saturday. And he's more used to a true kind of air raid scheme um, from his high school days. So I would imagine that that's something that he has even less familiarity with than, than Chandler did. But it, it's just – it kills me that teams have no – since they don't rep this stuff in practice, since they don't rep, you know, get in under center and running quarterback sneak or running in heavy formations, then they can't bring it in the game. And it just it feels so one-dimensional at times when you're in situations like that where it's fourth and two or third and one, um, and you just can't go to some of those, you know, heavier run looks because your team doesn't doesn't know how to practice it well and doesn't know how to execute it in key situations. Um, but this is going to be a huge game for the TCU defense. If they can slow down this offense, especially if Avery Johnson's playing, it's going to be up to this front seven. Uh, I think the linebacking core with the addition of Shad Banks has improved a lot. Um, Byron Bailey mentioned that on YouTube yesterday. It was like it's interesting how since Shad took over, uh, the defense looks a lot better. And, I mean, he definitely brings like an added athleticism and explosiveness that, I mean, just to be fair, like Johnny Hodges didn't have. Or, or doesn't have that, that club in his bag. I think Johnny, when he comes back from injury, is still going to be a valuable member of the team and somebody that they can use in certain situations. But, <coughs> excuse me, as far as an everyday linebacker goes, as far as an everyday linebacker goes, I really think Shad is kind of taking that mantle and run with it with his play. As of late, and I said this in the postgame show, like he had a great play in that BYU game where they were running an option to one side of the field, and it was basically him and, and the running back one-on-one, and he made a tackle. He had a couple of tackles for loss on Saturday. He's just getting more and more comfortable shooting gaps, and you know that combined with what he can do with his athleticism and ability is a great combination for this TCU defense. When we come back, we'll look at the rest of the Big 12. We'll talk about other games that went down uh, this week and beyond. That's coming up here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. LinkedIn, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the uh, their website here, linkedin.com slash college. If you go there, you can post your job for free. If you are hiring people or you're on a small business, you know that uh, hiring folks can be a, a high-stakes wager. It is; It can make or break what you're doing. You have to have people that you can trust. You have to have people that fit in with what you're trying to accomplish, see your vision, see your goals. LinkedIn allows you to do that. You can cast a really wide net because everyone goes to LinkedIn to find work. Um, there's plenty of qualified applicants. And then you can use simple screen questions and other things to narrow down your search and find the right people to interview so you're not wasting your time talking to 200 different people or, or waiting, you know, through all these resumes, LinkedIn makes it easy for you. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Use their hashtag hiring frame uh, to make your job posting really pop and you can post your job for free there. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. We thank them for their sponsorship here of the locked on network. So around the rest of the big 12 this past weekend, we talked about that K-State Texas Tech game, but I didn't give you the final score. Wildcats win 38-21 to 
Uh, Kansas State's now four and two on the season, two and one in conference play. Red Raiders now three and four on the season, and two and two in conference play. Um, Tech had another quarterback injured. Baron Morton gets banged up with a shoulder injury. Jake Strong had to come in the game. That offensive line can just not protect their QBs. I mean, they struggle so much to keep those guys upright. And um, Tech's another team that there was a lot of, like, hype around them. Thought maybe they could be a dark horse candidate in the Big 12. But it feels like they're just still not good enough up front. Joey's doing a good job recruiting over there. I don't love – like, I mean, I get it. I get what the numbers say. I don't love his – constant infatuation with going forward on fourth downs. I think there has to be a balance between like, yeah, there's a good chance that we could convert this, but also, you know, what point in the game are we at? What's, what's happening? What's going on? And should we maybe be a little more conservative and allow our defense to make plays? Um, But we'll see what happens with the Red Raiders uh, and Morton's health. If he can go against BYU, they are the favorite on the road in Provo this week, which I think a lot of that has to do with just, what Vegas saw from BYU when they came to Fort Worth uh, on Saturday. Okay, the craziest game of the weekend. Houston beats West Virginia 41-39 to on a Hail Mary as time expired. Houston's now 3-3 and and 1-2 and in Big 12 play. Mountaineers are 4-2, and 2-1 and in Big 12 play. They dropped their first game of Big 12 conference play. Uh, Garrett Green hit his tight end on 4th and 10 with 12 seconds left for a touchdown, long touchdown pass to give the Mountaineers the lead, and it looked like West Virginia was going to escape again with a huge victory. Green was really great in this game, 391 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, but Donovan Wilson and that Houston offense, they got around midfield, and Wilson threw up a prayer. You know, as time expired, a Hail Mary, like, hope this hope this gets answered and comes through, uh, and it did. Um it was a 49-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Johnson. He catches the ball in the end zone after it was tipped up in the air. And the Cougars win that football game. And uh, what was, you know, kind of the Dana Holgerson Bowl, his current team against his former team. Man, the losses to – and Iowa State won this week, and they looked good. But the losses to Iowa State and West Virginia are going to kill me for a while because they were just such winnable football games. West Virginia is not a bad football team. They're pretty solid. But – they, you know, they have some talent deficiencies and it allows teams like Houston to find a way to beat them in football's week to week sport. But that those were just real misses by this TCU team, not finding ways to win those football games because those are teams that they could and should be able to beat, you know, under normal circumstances. But hey, it is what it is. Oklahoma State has won two in a row, 39 to 32 over Kansas. Uh, Pokes are now four and two in big and overall on two and one in Big Twelve play. Kansas is five and two and two and two in Big Twelve play. Um, Jason Bean, Kansas's backup quarterback, had a really good game. Threw for over five hundred yards, four touchdowns. Did have a couple picks. Also, case Kansas uh, missed out on a couple fourth downs, which was costly in this ball game. Uh, I really thought this team could maybe fight for a Big Twelve title, at least making it to Arlington. But it just feels like the injuries of Jalen Daniels are too much to overcome. Oklahoma State, man, all of a sudden they've they've figured this thing out. And the Pokes have a pretty manageable schedule uh, throughout the season. I thought they could end up having a big year, but then they had that horrible loss to Jacksonville State um, and another loss early in the season that sort of tempered my expectations. But since then, Mike Gundy's squad has played great football. And, you know, that's kind of what Mike does. Like when his back's against the wall – he finds a way to, you know, pull games out 
and they're doing it in a big way. And then finally, uh, Iowa State 30 to 10 over Cincinnati. The Cyclones now three and one in Big 12 play, four and three on the season. Cincinnati is two and four and zero oh and three uh, in conference play. Um, as we've talked about before, it's, it's been a tough year, a tough transitional year for the new teams in the Big 12. Cincinnati is bearing that out. Iowa State's got a really good defense. Um, Rocco Beck has, has kind of figured out how to manage the football game. They're going to be a dangerous football team down the stretch. Feels like Matt Campbell has sort of gotten his mojo back. Uh, but, again, that's just a, a loss that's going to really not me because it was a winnable game for TCU. But they didn't play well. I mean, they played horribly, honestly. And, you know, when you, uh, when you play silly games, you get silly prizes, and so that was part of it. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about TC basketball for a moment. Um, we'll do that here in segment three. It's Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. All right, daily fantasy games, opportunities to make some money, prize picks. Prize picks. Uh, they're one of our new sponsors here on the Lockdown Networks, and I'm so happy that they're here because I, I've told you guys this the last few days. My fantasy team, like my season-long fantasy team, is cooked. Anthony Richardson is injured. Justin Jefferson's on the IR as well. Um, so I'm really struggling to put together a lineup each week. But you can make a new lineup each week, or you can just pick on individual um, stat lines on prize picks. There's quick withdrawals and easy gameplay, and they have an enormous selection. I mean, it's simple. It's as simple as finding, like, okay, do I think Saquon Barkley is going to go over 60 yards today, or Patrick Mahomes will throw two or more touchdowns? Uh, do I feel like Travis Kelsey will get more than 50 passing yards, or he'll go under that? Just pick a few players, pick a few stat lines, and you can get involved in the prize picks actions. They also have weekly deals like Taco Tuesday on Tuesdays. Uh, prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value on your bets. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. This is the key. This is free money I'm talking about. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. Um, again, that promo code is locked on college. For a deposit match up to $100, daily fantasy games, uh, a lot of different options that you can get involved in. Prize picks. We thank them for their sponsorship of the Lockdown Network. So, final thing before we go, um, kind of quietly here, TCU basketball is doing a really good job on the recruiting trail for the 2024 class. Uh, if you missed this last month, they landed Micah Robertson out of Oak Hill Academy, who really seems like your typical Jamie Dixon wing player, really long, 6'6", 200 pounds, um, good defender, great slasher, ability to get to the rim, finish around the rim, kind of some Mikey, Micah Peavy similarities, which is really cool. Over the last few weeks, um, on October 11th, they landed Ashton Simmons, a uh, combo guard from Beaumont, Texas, a three-star player um, who had offers from George Mason, Grand Canyon, Lamar, Louisiana Tech, another really good athlete who can score. Um, Texas A&M was also involved in his recruitment. Good offer list for Ashton. And then they landed um, a legit, you know, 6'10", 6'11", center, uh, Malik Diallo, who is from Utah. BYU was really heavy on him in the recruiting process. They thought they had a good chance to land him and try to keep him home. Also, Cal, Vandy. Um, he's a, a four-star player, according to 247 Sports. Uh, again, really good size, good hands, ability to finish around the rim, 
And then they're also like going after David Punch, who's actually down from my neck of the woods in, uh, in Harker Heights. And Punch is a, a three-star or four-star prospect, depending on where you look um, or what recruiting service you look at. But really good size, 6'7", uh, has offers from Penn State, Xavier, NC State. A lot of out-of-state schools are uh, involved in his recruitment, plays hard on both ends of the floor. Um, watched some highlights of him recently, and he can finish, man. He's explosive, making things happen. And so we've talked lately the last few years about how Jamie is really focused on the portal, and that's how he's building this team. But this 2024 class, they are currently ranked uh, on 247 Sports as the number 15 class in the nation, top 15, which is really awesome, and maybe one more commit to come. Punch is announcing his commitment on Saturday. So we'll see if the Frogs can land him as well. So just a quick basketball note for you. I know we're in the middle of football season, but I do try to pass along some other sports notes as we uh, go along here. I'll be back tomorrow. It's Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.